All right. Well, my guest today is a man who constantly picks himself up, pushes himself across his own ever-changing goal lines. He's got goals as a husband, a father, and a leader and crushes those every day. Meme Lord, $10 million man who once weighed 300 pounds and decided to lose that weight by doing the damn work without pills or fad diets. Drewby is a leader amongst leaders, and I'm happy to have you on the show today, man. Welcome to the show, Drewby. What's going on, Jeff? Appreciate you having me, brother. Excited to be here. Welcome to the show. Uh, I kind of thought we'd just jump right in. Um, so in our world, the world, well, not our world, your world and the world that I participate in, the world of Apex, uh, the world of Break Free Academy, there's a lot of talk about core values, right? Like, what's your mission? you're on? What are your core values you're on? Uh, and I really think when people get this right, it, uh, it transforms what you do as a leader, as a person, and as a business. Uh, you know, my mission changed the way my customers feel about mattress stores in my retail business. That I own. Um, my mission here is help people do life and business on their terms and, you know, stop, stop playing by everybody else's rules. Right. So for you, you want to rattle off uh, some of what you get down with core values and mission wise, and then like examples of success that you've seen from that. You know, I, I think the best part about core values specifically is that it gives you a simple framework to make decisions from, right? So I think the biggest part that people struggle with in their life is making decisions whether are they making a good decision, a bad decision? Is it time to make that decision? And core values give you the, the building blocks for how you make your decisions. What kind of person are you going to be? What kind of life are you going to live? And ultimately, it's what allows you to fulfill your mission, right? So the mission is kind of what's the goal that I'm trying to, to achieve. And the core values are the building blocks of what you use to make decisions that allow you to reach that mission. So for me, you know, I've got companies that I'm a part of that have missions. You know, the mission in Apex is to represent what winning looks like at all times. That's our mission. Yep. Core values, very similar to what we have in the company that hosts Apex as our flagship, you know, thing. But it's we do the work, we go above and beyond. F your excuses, right? I don't know if this is a family-friendly show, but like, we don't you accept excuses. All right, well, that's good. I'm just trying to keep it somewhat PC, you know? Yep. And then we do what we say we're going to do when we say we're going to do it. We have four core values for our company and for our coaching program. And we know that if we just stick to those four core values and every decision that we make, it's going to allow us to continue to be successful. And what's nice about it is, as a leader... When we set those examples and live by those core values, it makes it easy for anyone who comes on to be a part of our team to understand what that means and why it's so important to live those core values and to represent that because our goal is to continue to find success in our own personal lives because that sets the bar and sets the example for anyone who comes behind us. And in reality, if you can shortcut that process for people, you can give them like, microwave directions to success, core values is a part of it. Because again, we know all day long we're making decisions. What are we going to do? Which pant leg am I going to put on first? More importantly, how am I going to treat this client? 
How am I going to react to the situation when things get off of course? Right. There's a lot of decisions you have to make all day long. And so those core values really just make it easy. You know, for me personally, our family has core values that we live by kindness, generosity, loyalty, respect. Right. When those are how we make our decisions in our family life. How are we going to live? How are we going to operate and, and live out our purpose in our lives? My wife, my son, we all know these things. We focus on them every day. And again, if we want to have successful lives, we know those core values. If we just make every decision based on them, it's going to allow us to fulfill our mission and to uh, inspire others, right? And, and that's kind of the personal branding of crushing the day. It's like, hey, what are we trying to do? We're trying to crush the day. How do we do it? Living our core values, being kind, showing respect, being loyal to our family and our friends, being generous and abundant thinking. Right. That's how we live a successful life. That's what's cool about success is it's a perspective. Doesn't have to be what everybody else says it has to be. Doesn't have to be Lambos and private jets if that's not something you want. It could just be, hey, man, my my successful life is I work and I go to my kids soccer games and then I spend date nights with my wife and we go on vacation a couple of times a year. Like it doesn't have to be what anybody tells you it has to be. It's what you decide it want you want it to be. But the core values are what allow you to create that success. Yeah, I mean, uh, 100% agree with that. I was sitting at a, our, our recent executives event, and I forget his name. It just went off the top of my head. But I believe he's the gentleman, former SEAL, that's in your in the Apex Elite Steve, program. Steve Jordan. Steve, yeah. yeah. So he's the uh, success for him is, I believe I have the right gentleman. Uh, Steve's doing a bus, like living in a... Mm-hmm. Living in a uh, uh, updated, remodeled school bus. We were, we were, he was asking me some mattress questions and I kind of gave him some tips on here's what you got to think about in that environment. Cause if you don't, you could have a real mess on your hands. Um, but, uh, you know, success for him is not the four bedroom, three bath house, white picket fence. It's, it may be at one time, it may have been, but right now success is getting that family out on the road doing the open life thing. Right. And like for me, that's one of our goals in our family. Uh, down the road as well once our boys are out of school. Um, so yeah, success doesn't have to look like uh, the same cookie cutter thing for everybody. Just as a side note, like you've got in the crew with with Break Free, I mean, you've got some guys running around doing production that um, I, I know Matt's come through some stuff. He's He's hitting that success stride again. Jafar just like straight up put success on somebody. In 22 seconds and TKO'd them in a cage match, which is pretty incredible, right? Um, so, I mean, the whole organization lives it. Um, for people you've worked with, when they've got down with getting their mission right, getting their values right, you don't have to necessarily name names if you want to and you know they're cool with it, go ahead. But what have you seen there? What's that transformation been like for somebody that was not right with their mission, not right with their values, got right. What's that other side look like? You know, the the great thing about seeing that in real time is we've worked with hundreds and hundreds of clients that have gone through this process, right? It's a huge part of when you first get into sales and entrepreneurship, really what you've got to learn is like sales and networking and marketing, right? And you're still kind of getting your feet wet. It's like crawling before you walk. But once you figure that out and you really start doing serious business and you're really getting intentional with transactions and the people you're working with, 
when you watch people build this mission and these core values in themselves and they really stuck, dial in on it, you can see the shift in how they operate. Instead of being reactionary, they're intentional with their moves. They really think about, again, it's the core value. It's, hey, how am I going to make every decision throughout my day when it comes to waking up and being active in health and my fitness, right? Their core value is to operate with integrity. So it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to skip the gym. I'm not going to make excuses on not being healthy and fit in my life. And so I've been able to watch people lose massive amounts of weight from, you know, where they, one gentleman, he has a very similar story to mine, where it's like, he was really in shape at one point in his life. Life happens, marriage, kids, business, just in general, right? We all, we put on that comfort weight. It happens. I know I went through it and he went through the 75 hard program. I like how you call that comfort weight. Oh, it's 100% like comfort weight. It, well, it's, it's, it's comfort and convenience. Hey, why do we eat fast yeah. food? Because yeah. we don't want to take time to prep and eat. And especially for an entrepreneur, right? Someone living the big ticket life, we're moving, yep. we're shaking. We got a lot of stuff going on. So the thought of, well, I got to go to the grocery store and spend an hour shopping and picking up. And then I got to spend 30 minutes on prep and an hour cooking and then another hour cleaning up. I mean, that's half a day when you think about it like that. My yep. thought is like, all right, well, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm in a convenience eat. So I'm going to grab fast food. I'm going to pick up something that's easy. And even the healthier option in fast food is not really a healthy option because we don't portion control. But that's where core values come into play. Hey, my core value is to not overeat. My core value is to be intentional with my diet, whatever. But going back to the success stories, that's what it takes, right? It's, hey, Am I living with intention? Am I making the decisions in my life mm. and in my business that move the needle forward? And I've watched people lose weight. I've watched people cut toxic relationships. I've watched people create better relationships with their family. I've watched people make more money than they've ever made in their entire life in 60 days just because they've made a decision to say, hey, I'm not going to operate in any other way except under these core values. Anything that comes in my way, every decision I make, every action I take will be based around living out these core values. And in doing that with hundreds and hundreds of clients, I've seen success in every area, mindset, fitness, business, personal relationships. I could give you a hundred different examples, but the point is it comes back to being intentional and making decisions on those core values. Getting right with them really does guide. I can share two examples back to follow up your point, and then we can uh, we can talk about the meme more because I referenced you as the meme lord, so we'll get to that in here in a minute. But, you know, personally, uh, my oldest boy is set to graduate high school. He's done with school. He's he's ready to get out, live life, be in the workforce. You know, he's, he's in the trades. That's what he wants to do. Uh, and he's going to be great at it. Um, and uh, we got to push across the goal line and he didn't turn into assignments for English. And I was not happy because one of our core values is we always do our best and we always do our work. Whatever happens on the other side of that happens, but to not turn something in, that's just, I, you know, I, mom and dad don't lead that way. Right. And once that reminder was given, and it didn't have to be all that stern, 
But once that reminder was given, I was like, okay, you're right. Let me buckle down and get this done. And, you know, we got it done. Hey, man, thank God he's he's learning from you guys because I was the opposite. I was like, I never <laughs> did homework. I never did any of that shit. I was like, man, testing, yeah. rock and roll, let's go. But he gets that lesson early on. He won't have to go through the same stuff that I did in my life because he has established those core values. You guys have had that conversation and said, okay, this is not how we live our life. And right. as you've established those barriers and those boundaries and that core value in your family, it's easier to yeah. have that conversation too. It's like, hey man. Oh yeah. Is that how we live our life? Is that a core value? No. Right. Okay. Right. Then you know what decision to make. Yeah. So get right with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you know, I think on that point, in that example I shared, what gave him the permission to do that. And, you know, we didn't plan to talk about this, but you, you homeschool your son, right? Is that what I heard? That's yeah. correct. Yeah. We decided to homeschool. Kudos to you. Because what happens is these teachers, some, sorry, some teachers are very lenient to almost non-existent with time to turn in your homework and take the test. It's just, eh, get it. You, you can make it up. You can make it up. You can make it up. And then all of a sudden they got a whole load of coursework to do the day before final grades, right? And that's just not the way we live life, right? You know I mean, it's just not. That is just not the way life works outside in the real world. And so the point being, when we've got our mission and our core values in place, it says, you know what? No, I don't care what the teacher says. I'm going to get this work in on time at the right time. And even though you're kind of this authority in my life, the values in my house where I live with my parents say otherwise. Now, my boy faltered on that just a touch, but, uh, you know, we're not perfect beings either. And the kid's only 18, right? So he gets a pass. But uh, but yeah, I mean, when you've got this right, you, you can become impervious to these outside pressures that want to come in on your life and say, it's okay to suck. It's okay. <laughs> you know, it's okay to do this. No, it's not. Because when you've got this right, you, you, A, it may not even get in, but B, once it does, you recognize it as raw right away. Well, and we don't have to get too far into the topic of it, but like, you know, with homeschooling, Kudos to my wife, first of all. She's the one that manages it 90% of the time. But we kind of look at the the basic model of schooling is very delayed. It's kind of a, a very slow process. And as you know, in the life that we live in the generation we're in, nothing is slow. Everything is immediate gratification. Everything is now, 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 now. And really as an entrepreneur, what I know a big lesson in my life was when I took control of my time and my actions during that time, I was able to create the lifestyle that I wanted to live. And with that being said, school is kind of just preparing you for the nine to five lifestyles. Like, hey, you show up here, you do this, 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 and this all day long, and then you clock out and you get to go home and then it's a free for all. Well, that's not the life that I live and that's not the life our family has chosen to pursue. And so with my son in homeschooling, we've really helped him understand, hey man, these are the things that we have to do every day, right? These are our priorities. We have to do our health and our fitness. We have to do our personal education and our wellness. And we have to do some kind of work or education, right? So 
for him, it's education. Your job is to learn. Your job is to figure out how to be a good part of this family, how to be a member of this family that helps, whether you're doing your priorities with cleaning up your room and making your bed or getting yourself dressed for the day, eating your breakfast, right? These are all priorities that you have in your life. Education being one of them. If we can help him understand being focused, which he's amazing at. And again, it's my wife 99% of the time. I'm only there sometimes helping, but she just, we live our life by a routine. So, hey man, from this time to this time, you're going to do workbooks. You're going to do some music online. You're going to do a yoga class. You're going to do some fitness stuff. And in three hours of focused effort, he can do what it would normally take an eight hour day over a week, right? Because most schools, it's like, a lot of time spent wrangling kids and getting them focused. No, hey, my kid's focused and dialed in. He understands that if he gets everything done in three hours, then that means he's got all this extra time to go and live the life that he wants to live, which is exactly what I'm trying to pursue as well. So it really just comes back to setting that example. And maybe that'll change, right? Maybe we'll put him back in school and at some point. But for now, for us, this made the most sense is to help him understand when you are focused and you do the work that needs to be done first, everything else is a bonus after that. Well, and and we'll move on, but, um, you know, uh, later this afternoon when we're recording this and, and I didn't, I don't know that I shared this with you specifically, but we do the live show now, obviously, and then audio comes out a week later. So I always preface timestamp comments with, you know, today we're recording later on this afternoon, I'll be out uh, at my school because I've been very focused on having more respect for skills and trades and this kind of way to live a life beyond high school, uh, to be an entrepreneur, to be in business, to be additive to the business you work for through your skill, through your career. So we're kicking off to do a camp, uh, a career camp this summer. Um, we got a great superintendent now that I hope can continue to carry that torch and, and lead this. But, you know, I, I share what you I want to go back to what you said. Three hours a day, you get it done. You get the education done and what takes the regular school system eight hours a day to do. So it begs the question for parents to think about. And this is not a statement, not an urging. And there's your little boy, Duder. That's awesome. <laughs> um, it just begs the question. If with focus, a parent can get done in three hours, what takes eight hours, what's happening in that other five hours? And is that a net positive for your child? I think that's a question. Each, each parent's going to answer it differently and that's perfectly okay. Um, but uh, it's a question you, sh you must ask yourself as a parent. And whatever your answer is, it is. I'm not here. And I don't think, Drewby, you're here to say your way is the, the way and my way is the way. Uh, but I think it's, it's, it's a reality that exists. You've got very smart people like Drewby and his wife, Kayla, and his family getting it done, sending up their son for success. What happens in that five hours? You got to answer. Um, I would just challenge. So segueing into the next segment, I'm proud of this one. So if our producer, Chris, can bring up Cutwalk Scoop, I think you'll love this because this is like a mean site I set up for my boys uh, using phone sites, okay, and using memes which uh, was an education I got from you through your Closer Memes course. But uh, so this is a site my boys and I put together and they go around and cut grass. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, truth be told, I got to, I got one. I'm going to circle back to that meme in a minute. But uh, 
truth be told, my boy, oldest boy said to me, he's like, you know, these teachers talk to me, but there's some days I know what they get paid because you've talked about it to mom. You know, I make more in a day than these teachers make in a day. Now that's not every day, but he sees it, right? He understands the reality that the, the world for an entrepreneur is your oyster, man. And you can go make that thing as big as you want. So they put this site on Nextdoor and Facebook and he gets deals and he actually just went through a real rough negotiation with somebody that was not being fair to the process, but he worked it out with some guidance from dad. And uh, so, yeah, this is a site. I show it simply to show you a little meme site that we put together. And they wrote, they basically wrote the copy. I gave them like a copy survey and they, in their own words, they said, I want two to five sentences for each answer. And they wrote it out. And so then I put it together on the, on the site for them. This is fantastic. Absolutely yeah, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Um, they, uh, they, I mean, they, they, they're cutting a bunch of grass. So uh, they like it. They like earning their own money. And it's great. But, uh, but anyway, let's talk about memes. So like literally, are you going to knuckle up for us and... You want to so see them? Let me, let me oh, see yeah, if I yeah, can yeah. get into the camera here. It's kind of weird because of this like weird blur. Yeah. So the, but, the tattoo is there. There it is. Beautiful. That's Meme Lord right there. Meme bud. Lord. <laughs> Just for you. Damn blur. Now that's, I mean, that's conviction, right? I mean, to wear a t shirt with your logo is one thing, but like to have your ethos tattooed on the knuckles is another. So, um, so you've dialed into memes. And I guess the first question is is there ever an environment where memes aren't? An answer? A lot of people would say memes are not appropriate, but my thought is memes are always appropriate with a caveat that I like to be a good human. So some people <laughs> see memes and they know how far like raunchy and bad they can get. I look at memes as more of a fun, lighthearted way to communicate. And yeah. so to, to touch on memes, if you really go back and look at it from the beginning of where meme really comes from, it's it comes from like biology and sociology, right? It's a transfer of information. It's kind of going back to Darwinism, right? These guys progressed. So this one thing and this one animal did, another animal saw it and started copying it. And so that animal was able to survive. And then the next animal saw that thing and copied it in its own way and was able to survive. So the transfer of information, that idea transfer, that's really what a meme is. And over time, what has happened is, like everything, it has kind of shifted and changed to our generation looks at a meme more of a transfer of information in the sense of a picture with words on it or a video with an additional layer of context, right? And so what's beautiful about a meme is when you think about a picture, it speaks a thousand words. Go back to caveman days, a painting on the wall of a guy chasing a buffalo. That's a transfer of information. Yeah, it told the story. Well, clearly these guys hunt, right? So, okay. So that's really what a meme is. And now what I've been able to figure out is how to take social trends, right? What are transfers of information that are being talked about online and in social media and how can we leverage that to get the attention of the people we're wanting to do business with because again going back to intentionality when i look at social media i think of it as a tool it's a tool for creating relationships 
relationships can lead to a lot of opportunity, whether it's for financial gain or personal gain or just in general fulfillment to help other people, right? That's why we do a podcast like this. That's why you show up and you go out of your way to make time to share value with people because you have that fulfillment from this. There's a reason you do it, right? It's not for nothing. With that being said, memes transfer information and they create a level of uh, relatability. Everybody loves memes, whether it's young kids and, and the little, you know, high school age people that are laughing and joking with each other, or even getting into the older generation of baby boomers and silly, you know, like people that really didn't like the internet and stuff at first. But now that they're on there, they're on Facebook all day and they're sharing stupid memes and they're laughing with each other. So everybody loves memes. The secret is how you're using them by understanding your client avatar, right? Who are you specifically trying to speak to? And when you know that, then you know how to create a connection on a deeper emotional level, which you and I know when it comes to sales, the know, like, and trust factor is the most important part of creating that rapport and relationship that allows you to move forward with a transaction. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's so there's two things I want to follow that up with. One, make them laugh and take their money. That's a book mm-hmm. and actually a course, I believe, by Dan Kennedy uh, sits downstairs on my shelf that I refer to and um, it, it perfectly appropriate. And that that thing was out 20, maybe 25 years ago, right? The, the, the advantage you have with memes today is you can go get an app like Mematic and be producing these things like that. I mean, it's super intuitive. Um, so yeah, know, like, and trust and then make them laugh. Right, um, because that creates that emotional connection. I said at the, the I have a story on the meme on my boy's grass cutting site. So that office space meme, I put that on for this go around this year, and I forget what I had. Oh, I forget what I had up front, but the opt ins are through the roof because of that office space meme. When you think about it, office space is what a 30, 35 year old movie at this point. Yeah, um, that's crazy to think about. Golly. I'm getting old. Right. I mean, <laughs> right. I think it was like a 91 or 92. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, so that's, you know, so for for that age group that loved that movie, like this is very emotive and that's who's coming to my kids to get grass cut. It's not a starting up homeowner because you're you're all amped up about cutting your own grass, right? Like this is the, you're proud to cut your own grass. Like for me, I haven't cut my grass in 10 years and that's awesome. You know, I mean, I own a bunch of lawnmowers, bugs use, but, but, uh, but I don't cut my grass because I'm at that age where I'm just not going to do it anymore. Uh, so that really related well. Um, and the opt-ins are like wiped up through the roof. So it's really good. So that, that's that relatable aspect. So, um, so you've, you sent over a few memes that you love to use. Why don't you, uh, share through and I'll have to make a point of of kind of like announcing what they are if anybody picks this up on audio, which by the way, is a plug for the Big Ticket Life show to go to the YouTube channel and watch the episode. Uh, maybe later, uh, watch it on Facebook, subscribe. So anyway. The, it ain't much, but it's honest work. That's the farmer standing out in front of the field. There's a whole yep. backstory to it. If you go to knowyourmeme.com, you can look up the backstory to like every meme which I think is important to kind of segue just a little bit. Yep. Stories are what are relatable. So that's what people connect with. So that's why using the memes to tell stories of relatability is what gets people interested. So like that meme in particular, I love sending to people when they're like, 
when I go above and beyond, right? That's one of my core values. Hey, I went above and beyond for somebody. I did something that made them like really appreciate what I do. I'll send them that meme because I'm a humble guy. I still understand that even though I'm successful, it comes from a lot of little hard, tedious, stupid things that have to be done over the years consistently. And sometimes taking 30 seconds out of my day to go and send somebody an email or to reset their password instead of responding back, hey, go send a ticket email to support and then do this. And then it's like a 48-hour process when I can take 30 seconds of my day. Like, I'm not too good to do that. If I know I can just get it done for you, I'll knock it out and be done. Just like you would do for a client if they had something pop up and you're like, well, I have a team for this, but you know what? I can just do it in five minutes. Let me knock it out. That's a, that's a go above and beyond thing. So for me, when I do that for people, like, and not any much, it's, it's just good, wholesome work. That's what we do, right? That's, that's yep. the kind of company you do business with. So that's one of my favorite memes to use in that situation. Yeah. And, and, and on that note, uh, knowyourmeme.com, great resource. You know, you said memes are great because you, you, you take a human approach. Yep. Uh, you know, so like if you know somebody's going through a struggle, whatever it might be. Uh, yeah, just be careful, right? Like understand the context because you might think it's a cool picture and appropriate for the situation, but you sent it across and you got to know your audience. It's received <laughs> in a different way. You got to know, you know you, I can't say that I've never not gone sideways on a meme and gotten the, the opposite of response of what I was looking for. But again, yeah. that's why I really think about trying to just be a good person and, and be wholesome and humble. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've got the shit, the shit post folder of memes. Um, you know, subcode oh, dark, yeah. subcode dark. Yeah, I mean, I'm oh, sure you've yeah. got it too. Um, <laughs> we both we're both not without humor, and I'm sure we both turn back to our sophomoric humorous days at times. But uh, but but yeah, I mean, there's you can you can shed all that and uh, really work with um, and have a lot of fun and work with these things. All right, so that was that was the first one, one of your yep. favorites. What else we got? Let's bring up the next one. Up. Oh. So we got the little cat checking in. I love sending this one. So I do a lot of my conversations through messaging, whether it's email, text, you know, Facebook, Instagram, DM, whatever. And so, you know, people get busy and I don't want to pester people and do like typical copy paste by like, hey, I just wanted to check in or I wanted to follow up and see, you know, that's kind of boring. So I send this little kitty cat that's poking his head out and saying, hey, just checking in because it's silly. It's fun. It's relatable. I usually try to send it to people like who I, I've had a conversation with that I know are a little bit on the softer side. If I know they're a contractor or some kind of more alpha male, I probably wouldn't send them this one because it kind of comes across soft. Uh, right. Again, know your audience, right? But if right. it's you know an older lady or, or someone who I think is going to be a little more gentle, then I'll use something like this to kind of check in and see how they're doing. Because I, I just want to be relatable. I want to be fun. I want them to know that they're buying from a person, not just a company and a logo. Yeah. 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 Very good. Uh, I think we had one more, maybe. Yeah. So I'm glad that it's this one that you had <laughs> pulled up because this meme in particular is responsible for a large majority of the $10 million in sales I've done in the last three years. Yeah. So this one, if you can't see it, it's a guy poking his head out from behind the bleachers. I think it's the teacher from um, Glee. I think that oh, was yeah. the show. Glee. Yep. That's it. Uh, yep. Anyway, so he's you know he's a curly headed fella and he's poking his head out behind the lockers. And on the bottom, it just says "You good?" question mark. So this meme in particular, there's actually a GIF version that has like an uh, like a 
a view where he kind of pokes his head out and it pops up and says you good. I kind of screenshotted it for when you can't use the GIF version. Either yep. way, it's very successful. But I send this when I've had a conversation with somebody, I've made them a proposal. They've said, yeah, I'm ready. Like send it over. I send that proposal and then I'll wait somewhere between like 12 and 24 hours. And if I don't have a response, I send this specific meme. And I could, I should have sent you some screenshot testimonials of like how many times it's worked. But again, millions and millions and millions of dollars in transactions, just sending that meme after I send my proposal. And again, people get busy. I work with a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs. And so I understand that people live lives and I'm not always a huge priority. However, that meme gets people fired up like nobody believes. And I hope somebody who's listening who's in sales goes and finds that meme. Hopefully we can put it up on the website somewhere where they can just quick download it. But send that meme to about 10 or 15 people that have ghosted you or disappeared on your conversation and see how many responses you get. Because I'll put the uh, I'll put the memes in the comments of this episode later today. Nice. That would be awesome because it if that's cool I, with I'm, you. Yeah, by all means, I give it away yep. for free. So I like yep. I have a website where I give away my 10 favorite memes. Um yep. and that's what is one that? for sure. Top 10 closermemes.com. There you go. Top so 10 closermemes.com. 10closermemes.com. It'll uh it'll send you my top 10 favorite memes and then yep. it gives you like a special bundle to buy some stuff from me if you're interested. So, you know, no shame. It is what it is. I like helping people, but the the funny thing, man, that meme is just, it works so well. And I've sent it to hundreds of clients. I mean, I've sold over a thousand copies of my Closer Memes course to people to help them implement. So I I know it works. And that's the greatest part is getting messages from people that are like, I sent that meme and I just made 50 grand. I just did a hundred cent. My favorite one though, I had a guy hit me up, a real estate agent. He said, hey man, I just want to thank you. I just sent that you good meme to a guy and it got me a listing on a home for $1.8 million. So like, if you know real estate, you know the commissions on a $1.8 million listing. It does not suck for a $47 investment into a course, dude. (laughs) Is that still still what Closer Memes is? 47 bucks, man. It's like, it, it feels wrong to ask people for more money, even though I know it's helped people make thousands and thousands of dollars. And it's yeah. made me hundreds of thousands of dollars at this point. But like, hey, man, I'm just trying to help people. I think 47 yeah. bucks is just enough to make you feel like it's at least worth spending an hour to go through the program. And if you yep. implement it, a bajillion X return for sure. Yep. 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 There's another one, old Daisy Ridley, uh, just pointing back at someone. Hey, you forgot to respond. Like just, I'm just like poking fun and kind of getting people to re- really think about, hey, this guy's different. But yeah, small I mean, listen about this too, though. The difference is when you send someone a text, everyone gets the little notification and preview and can see like that it's a sales guy trying to hit them up. When you send them an image, it just says so and so send an image, and Ooh. people are curious. So yep. now they want to see what image you sent them because they can't see the preview. And so yep. that's like another little subtle trick of the mind is they're, they're so curious. They want to know what you sent. So when they see that and it creates that emotional connection because they're like, <laughs> this guy's a dick, but I like him. Let me, let me just tell him, Hey, I'm sorry. I forgot to respond. <laughs> like, my bad. I'll get back with you next week. Right. But that yep. just that little subtlety. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think you don't get to $10 million in sales as you have. Um, and it was very cool to, 
be in the same room as you that day when you cross that neat that you know that divide right when the needle hit 10 million plus that was that was cool right just to see that energy and vibe that day last friday last friday right yeah or last yep. thursday uh Either way, last thursday week. yeah last yeah. thursday yeah yeah i mean that's very cool and you know i don't share that and bring it up to like rub in the face of anybody listening to this old oh, drew we sold 10 million what's your problem because you've heard here's a guy that's happy to see success in others reason you're on the show you just shared it $47 course, $1.8 million listing. You know, that's that's easily like a buck fifty in gross commission, I think, right? It's a lot. I mean, <laughs> not, it's not $150, a $150,000, $150,000. And yes, mm-hmm. it gets split. I know realtors calm down. But uh, but yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of money. And, uh, and the value that he provided for that listing, for that person, it's great. So you've sold $10 million, like... That's not the reason you do it. It's the value you bring, right? 100%. So for me, you know, when I look at 10 million, it's it's funny because it's one of those like milestone numbers in sales for for our industry, right? And every industry is different. Like 10 million to real estate agents is like, oh, I do that in a year. That's nothing. You know, but when I look at that 10 million, I look back at, to do that, I had to have somewhere around 2,500 transactions. So 2,500 different times did I have a conversation with somebody, get to the bottom of the problem that they were having, be empathetic and listen to what they're going through, and then be confident in my ability to deliver on a service or a product that can help them solve that problem. So yeah. when I think about, okay, that's 2,500 people even if some of them were resells, if we want to take it down to 2,000, right? So 2,000 individual people I've had a conversation with that's helped them move forward and solve a problem in their life. Then if you want to look at like the trickle-down effect, all right, well, those 2,000 people had at least one conversation with somebody in their life that helped them get better. So the multiplication on like the impact I'm able to leave and and my family's able to leave by being the example, that's what I see in a $10 million sales number. I'm like, okay, well, yep. my family got to help 2,000 people live a better life, which means that their families live a better life and the family of every person that they have a conversation or do business with has a better life. Shit, man, that's way better than any dollar amount that I could look at. Like my family gets to be a a, a generational impact lever through the example yep. that we leave and and sales is just a byproduct of that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the ability to have that impact and you you touched on it, the confidence in what you offer, right? You know, you sell an intangible thing. Um I mean, really kind of intangible because short of I'm trying to think. Short of the books I've bought outside of the programs I've bought is there a physical thing that comes in the mail? I don't think there is. No, what I'm selling you is a promise that, it's, hey man, if you ether. come and give me your money and then do all this stuff that I'm going to tell you to do and work hard and and change your life, you're going to make more money and be happier. Like it is the weirdest yep. promise that I have to sell people. But at the same time, it's yep. beautiful because an investment in yourself is something that can't be taken away. They can take a house from you. They can take a car from you. They can, you know, keep you 
from an asset, a physical, tangible item, they can take that away from Finding something inside that motivation, that drive, that skill set that makes you different than everybody else, that can't ever be taken away. So it's intangible, but it's also forever. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, I said, I said a moment ago, it's ether, right? Because that's when you're not selling a physical product, and not that a physical product is even the answer. Because let me tell you, there are tens of millions of physical products on bookshelves across the globe with cellophane wrapping still on them and years of dust on top of them. And people who, some people, certainly not Druby, certainly not anybody I've had on my show, uh, certainly not anybody connected to myself and my guests. Some people are perfectly okay with that. And that's actually their whole scheme. I've been in mastermind groups where I've heard people say, well, that's what I do. I don't really care that they use it. I just want to sell it. And, you know, I was in, well, I'm not going to pull any punches. It was in a mastermind group with Dan Kennedy and Dan booted the person for that. He says, I'm not going to rub elbows. I'm not going to take some, take, take that person's money. And it was at the time was 30 grand a year to be a part of that group. He refunded him the money. And the funniest thing is it wasn't even his money to refund. It was the holding company that was kind of using him as the figurehead. It was their money. You so know, I think though that he, he the, just he just booted them because they weren't right. And he said, listen, as long as your culture has the support to foster the success and you have the structure to get everyone to success. That is your table stakes. But if your table stakes are, I just want to sell you something that's going to stay in the wrapper and never get used, that's terrible. It's core and values, man. That's what we talked that's about. It's, it's exactly core values. What, it saying, is. what are your core values? How do you operate? And that's the beautiful part about being an entrepreneur that people forget is you control who you do business with. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do business with every person that has a credit card and a pulse. That's a choice you make. It's a choice you make because you're chasing after the money. You want the commission, right? And I understand that because we all go through seasons in our life where we need that. That that scarcity mentality runs rampant because of a situation we're in, chosen or unchosen, right? There are a lot of circumstances in life that we don't have control of. However, the majority of individuals do have decisions they're making that could be made differently which would allow them to take back control of the things that they do have control of and get them to where they want to be. And that's why those core values are so important because you have a skill set, you have something inside of you, but if you don't make a decision to utilize it, then what? What do we do from there? Yeah. Yeah. No, 100% agree. 100% there with you. So... I don't want to, you know, I don't think you're one to dwell on that number. I think you're probably already looking ahead to the next 10 million, right? You're just Check another zero down. on it and start the race over, man. That's all that right. is right there. Head down, doing the work. Um, as you say, calling the damn leads. I mean, you got the hat on, which I got to get a hat. Like yes, sir. I'll bring you one. Those, I'll, uh, those are out in your round. Yeah, they're, they're, some, they're floating around. You can get them at the Call the Damn Leads website. You just go to callthedamnleads.com. Uh, but Jeff, I owe you one. So when you see me next time you're in Dallas, come and find me. I got you, big guy. All right. I'll take it. 
Um, I know you. I, I you gave me this but, cool shirt. Like it's only fair to, yeah. you know, yeah. Little dual swag trade. There you go. Yeah, but um, so obviously, you create a site called calledthedamnleads.com, right? What's the need for that? I mean, as I see it, and I'll let you give the answer. I see a lot of salespeople, a lot of business owners have this fear. And I think it's in part because of the selling position they put themselves in. Yeah, you know, I shared in the pre-show, right? Like people, a lot of people sell from the position of need where they just have to fulfill what somebody needs, which is really almost, it's in my opinion, the worst position to be in because it's, it's boiled down to commodity, right? It's a tough existence. You've got want, which is like cars and Rolexes and jewelry and fun stuff. And retailers, merchants, sellers are in that toll gate position, right? The customer's got to work through them. And they work through them with a little more excitement, a little more happiness because they want to be there. That third position, which I love to be in, I mean, I'll hold up another little thing of swag on the screen, less snore, more cuddle. I mean, we're creating a new way to sleep and we're the only store that can fulfill that need or that want and desire. See, I just tripped up a little bit. But we're creating that desire and we're in that category of want. And I think where people struggle with calling the damn leads is they're not in that selling position they really want to be in. So first question, is there fear of calling the leads? And how, do you, how does somebody shift themselves into a better position of like magnetism and attraction? Basically, I had started a marketing company and I was generating a lot of leads for clients and they were telling me that it wasn't working. And I started asking them, well, what's your process for following up with these leads, right? What are you doing with them? Follow up. The, yeah, they couldn't give me much of an answer. It's like, well, I call them once or twice. And if they don't answer, then like, you know, it's not a good lead. And and I started right. with my buddy screaming, call the damn leads, guys. Like, Ugh. and and so as an example, I picked up the the list of leads for one of my real estate clients. I called about 50 of them and I set 10 or 15 appointments for him to go out and sell homes. And I said, don't ever tell me this yeah. doesn't work again. Also, I'm going to leave you these list of leads. I'm going to give you your money back and I'm going to go on and find a different agent in your area to work with because this is the problem. People get leads and then they don't call them or they call them once or twice. And then they assume that because they didn't get an immediate answer that this person's not interested. Well, the truth is out of a hundred people, only 5% of clients are ready to buy right now. And even then they still probably are going to take between five and 12 touch points before they're ready to move forward. It's a very slim number of people that will pick up the phone after submitting their information to some random internet website and have a conversation and give you thousands of dollars. It happens. Like, I've literally had people where I've had seven or eight text messages back and forth and they've given me $50,000 on their credit card paid in full, ready to go. But it's because of attraction marketing. It's because of the conversation right. we had prior to that conversation before we got there. But the point being, if people aren't ready to buy right now, you've got to have a system in place where you stay in uh, contact with them for between three, six, nine, maybe indefinite, right? Like I call the leads forever but I just move them into different stages and processes of how often I follow up and with what kind of content I'm sending. Because ultimately, 
if you don't continue to stay in front of people, all that money you're spending on marketing, all that energy that you're spending and investing to acquire potential clients is for nothing. If you plant a seed and then you never water it and you never take care of it, how can you expect it to produce fruit? So that's why I tell people you got to call the damn leads. Follow up. We don't need no follow up. That's like the Alvin Iverson practice quote, right? We don't need no practice. Well, no, you do need practice. And it's it's important that you follow up. And I think where a lot of folks make mistakes is they build CRMs out and they they do these things that they create the ideal client journey and expect every client to follow that journey. And I think you can have a real problem uh, in your business with that where you just expect every client to follow the perfect journey that you've laid out. And yeah, so calling the leads requires that extra work and you can have that client journey, but you got to be willing to bottom. We, I know we lost you briefly for a second there. Um, but, uh, but I mean, love what you're doing with call the, call the damn leads. That's very, very cool site. No, I appreciate that. And I apologize for the technical issues. You know, again, this is life in general, man. Is, is life always those curveballs at you? That's right. But you're, you're absolutely right, man. When it comes to sales and marketing, calling the leads is important because it's not just about calling them. It's about creating a le- level of communication, whether that's through social media, through, you know, actual personal in-person conversation, phone, DM, text message, email, doesn't matter. Reach out to your clients or potential clients and have conversations because you never know when you're in going to be in the right place at the right time to help them solve their problem. And ultimately, that's yep. really what sales is about is helping someone solve their problem. So what are you doing yeah. to make sure you're in that position or that you're top of mind for that individual when it comes to solving the problem that you help people solve? Yeah, 100%. And I mean, you, you, you gave an example where you had a 7-8 message exchange and you and somebody paid you $50,000 to be a part of the program. The reality is they saw at least $50,000 worth of value and all the work you displayed publicly, all the value you gave in, i.e. here's my top 10 memes, here's my book crushing the day. They saw that and that's what made, that was a big part of what made that exchange happen, right? Because they saw that value up front. They're like, this isn't a $50,000 black hole. I'm starting at a basis level of 50 grand and it's only going to go up from there. That's what I believe happens in those moments. Well, absolutely. And I think it's kind of what you said earlier about the the mattress situation, right? I would be 100% positive in saying that you're not the cheapest mattress store in your town. However, what people are coming for isn't the cheapest mattress. They're coming for the highest quality of sleep. And that's the difference in how you approach your conversation from an authority standpoint and from an attraction marketing standpoint is, hey, if you want cheap, those exist. But cheap isn't what creates the results you're asking for. Cheap doesn't get you a great night's sleep that makes you feel recharged and energized so that you can have more cuddles and less snores, right? That's the stuff that fills your cup, the cuddling and the comfort. That's what makes you happy in your bed at night. So that's why you're going to spend and not even really spend. You're going to invest a few more dollars in yourself. I actually sold furniture at one time. Fun story, if you didn't know this. Um, So I've sold a lot of mattresses. You know what? I thought I, re- I, thought I recalled that. And then... I didn't see that 
in some stuff I looked at before. So I thought I was mistaken, but you're, now that you say it. I had a few years in the mattress game, my friend, and I always told him, hey, man, well, you're going to spend a 30-year life on this thing or more. Why would you cheap out on it? Like it's the difference of a couple hundred bucks usually. And if you look at over five or 10 years, that's like $10 a month to get a better night's sleep. Like, tell me that's not worth right. it. Right. Yep. Preaching to the choir, brother. Preaching to the choir. Hey, I know. That's why I like it. That's why I love you, <laughs> so, man, because it's fun. So as we wrap up, we've talked about your book, Crushing the Day. Obviously, getting to 10 million bucks doesn't just happen. It's very intentional. Um, I was kind of given a little insight about what Crushing the Day is about, but I'd much rather our listeners and watchers hear it from you. And then from that, as we wrap up, you know, a lot of podcasts start with the life story, right? So your different spin, I'd ask you to share with everybody a failure in life and the lesson learned from it, a planned success, and then a success that like happened because you did the work, but what you weren't expecting. Yeah. So, you know, man, the, the it all kind of ties together and crushing the day for me is really about when I took control of my time. Time is the one resource we're all given the same amount of, and it's the choices we make and what actions we take in that time that leads to the life we create. And so for me, when I started understanding, hey, I need to crush the day, right? I was listening to a lot of Jim Rohn at the time, and I was getting up early, and I think he said something like, either you run the day or the day runs you. And he's 100% correct, but I had to put my own spin on it, right? That's how we do branding. We take something and we make it our own. So I say, hey, I'm going to crush the day before it crushes me. So what does that mean? It means I'm going to start waking up early. I'm going to work out and get my health in order because what's the point of making a lot of money if I'm going to have a heart attack and keel over and not get to enjoy it, right? I don't need some other jerk sleeping in my fancy mattress that I ordered from Jeff with my beautiful wife because I was an asshole and didn't take care of myself. So I'm going to get my health and my wellness done. I'm going to knock that out first. And I'm going to focus on gratitude in the morning instead of just looking at my emails and seeing a deal that got canceled or watching the news and listen to a bunch of somebody was murdered and somebody got robbed and there was a fire and all this negative toxic stuff. Like I'm just going to eliminate that and I'm going to focus on my gratitudes and the things that make me happy in the morning because it's easy to wake up and go down that black hole of negativity and then it just throws your whole day off. So my thoughts like, all right, let me get up. Let me listen to some positive stuff. Let me get after it and do the hard work first. Because if that's done, I can say, hey, I've won it. I've beat it. I've accomplished my goal for the day on that side of things. And I have the rest of the day to enjoy versus looking at, man, I got to do all this work and I've got to do this. And then I got to run this errand and that errand. And then at the end of the day, when I'm already tired, I got to go and do a workout. Never going to happen. So I just build my day accordingly. And with that, my number one failure in my entrepreneurship journey was being selfish with that time and not including my family and my wife in, and thinking, hey, I'm dialed in. I'm building this amazing future for our family. I'm out here working. I'm traveling. I'm going on trips. I'm grinding. I'm grinding. I'm grinding. Like, Why can't you understand and respect what I'm doing for this family? And that was a very, very selfish way to look at life because my family wasn't in my head. It wasn't in that future life that I was picturing with all this work that I was doing. They were sitting at home by themselves going, why is daddy out trying to close deals when we just want to spend time with him? We don't care about the money. We don't care about this future that he sees. We care about right now and how we feel in this moment. Yeah, I want to pause on that for a second. And you know, I know we talked about an hour. I know we're a little over, so I don't know what your deadline is. Cut off. I got time for you if you got time for me. I do. Yeah, we won't go that much longer, but 
on this note of family, because I, I say often on the show, family should be the greatest thing you're doing. And our guest last week, Kurt uh, Mercadante, he has a way he talks with other men. He's like, what's the price to buy your wife? And the, the, people get offended. They say, well, I know what the price is. You just haven't realized it in your mind. You're, you've put a price on your family. You've put a price on your wife. For some of you, it's 50 grand. For some of you, it's 200 grand. For some of you, it's 300 grand. And that, you know, where, where you had shared that lesson and failure was you were in your zone. Family, the life you're building filled that divide of the goal line where your family sat on the other side. And that, that divide probably had a, a dollar figure attached to it, I'd imagine. And that's what Kurt means. Like, what's the price to buy your family and buy your wife, buy your spouse? And that hits people between the eyes. It does. And I think that's the hardest part because it's such an emotional thing where as a man, you kind of get a little stubborn and egotistical and say, well, like I've done this. I earned this. This is me, my hard work. And it, yeah, some of that's true. But the people who support you, who hold you up, who bear the brunt of the weight of everything that it takes for you to create that success. Like applause right now for Kayla doing 90% of the education with your son, right? Exactly. None of this would be possible like without that's her. That's the support you're talking about. Yep. And so that's that's kind of the success too, though, at the same time is getting an understanding of, hey, my time is valuable. My time is important. And as such, I need to structure my day where it's built around creating the lifestyle that I want, right? What's the big ticket life for me? Well, it's getting up in the morning, having that time to look and in, having internal growth and success. And then having my day built where I have family time, right? If you want to, let's, let's slice up 24 hours. If I look at it in, hey, in 24 hours, that gives me four six-hour days. Well, shit, I know I'm going to need at least six hours of sleep. Like at a minimum, I can run on six hours of sleep. And I've been doing that pretty consistently for a couple of years. Do I take naps to sleep in on the weekends sometimes? Yes. But point being, I can take six hours of sleep. I can put six hours for myself. I can work out. I can do my personal education. I can just do me time, whatever. I can do six hours of work, six hours focused work, man. If you think about it, if you just really dialed in for six straight hours on some shit, how much can you get done? And then I got six hours of family time. Now, balance is bullshit. Scale this balance reads zero. Nobody wants to be zero. But if I look at 24 hours and say, hey, well, I got these four areas of life that are important to me and our necessities. That means I got six hours for each of them. And if I can break up my days to make sure I'm balancing those times intentionally for those areas, I mean, if you look back over the last couple of years of my life, actually implementing this theory and process, the success is exponential. But it's being intentional and understanding, hey, this is the amount of time I have and I'm not getting it back. I can't buy it. I'm not going to win it in a poker tournament. I didn't get a box of it Christmas morning. My birthday ain't going to give me any more time. So I need to be very, very specific about how I spend it. Yeah. Great way to think about time. Not coming in a box. No. <laughs> it, it, like E.T. has a skit and I love listening to Eric Thomas on YouTube, but he has, he's like, hey man, I never met nobody that's selling time. It's like, hey, you give me 250000 I can give you an extra two years. Matter of fact, put another 500000 on there. I can throw in good health. Like that doesn't exist. Right. I don't care right. who you are. That doesn't exist. Yeah. So think about that. So crushing the day, living intentionally, what was one big success that was planned that you can share? 
honestly, hitting 10 million was planned. It was just a numbers game. How many conversations do I need to have to serve enough people to solve enough problems that are going to put the needle to that point? Because again, for me, it's just a number. It's a stepping stone, right? I'm just going to put another zero on the end and start the race over. But it's also a proving point for our our company as, hey, man, I'm the example. Three years ago, I started at zero. Nothing. No sales, no nothing. I built a process. Yeah, you just four you just four minute mile in your team. That that's a great analogy, right? Like, hey man, here's what's possible. Nobody had ever done it until I'd done it. I've done more sales for our company than Ryan, the actual founder of the company. I've generated more sales than he has. And it's not to say that I'm better than him. It just means that we've clearly defined our roles and built systems and processes that allow that to be possible. And every day we focus on shortcutting that process. What's one thing we can be a little bit more effective in? What's one thing we can be 1% better at so that we can continue to grow and scale? And more importantly, not just for us personally, because we're very successful. We live great lives. Like, I'm not saying I'm content or happy. I always want more. But like, compared to where I was four or five years ago, my life is beautiful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of folks like us wake up blessed every day. We just, we just hundred percent, but yeah. now the real, the real challenge is how can I get other people to think differently? Yep. How can we lead as the example so that people see us and go, well, if they can do it, I can do because I promise you, I'm not any smarter than anybody. I'm not necessarily, you know, any stronger than anybody or better. Like I just got very intentional with my time and saying, this is the core values I'm going to live and operate by. And as such, those are easy ways to wake up and live my life every single day. Yeah. Yep. So uh, 10 million was planned success. What's an out of, to wrap it up, what's that, what was the, an out of left field success that you didn't necessarily see coming, but we're happy to have happen? The memes, for sure, the memes. Oh, nice. Like, I love memes. My whole life, I've always kind of been on the forefront of meme culture and, and kind of this weird sub version of it. Um, but knowing that I was able to build a course that has helped thousands of people make hundreds of thousands, probably millions of dollars in commissions at this point, that has been one of the wildest successes I've I've had, honestly. Like my family and all that, like that's kind of planned success, right? It takes a little time, but the meme course blowing up the way that it did and, and continues to, never would have thought that was going to happen. Yeah. Well... If we can bring up, I'll show as we wrap up here. Uh, I know I've said as we wrap up a couple times, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna land the airplane here. We're gonna get there. Um, uh, you know, so I'll share with you uh, if we can bring up screwedbywolf.com. This is another meme site. I had a lot of fun with this one. Uh, so locally, uh, a furniture company named Wolf Furniture went through bankruptcy right as COVID kind of hit. And a lot of people locally were screwed out of deposits. Uh, oh no! In a big, big way. And uh, I had a, a one of a, a retail location. I had a door that had closeouts, discontinued, special buys, things like that. And you know, as a merchant, some truckloads you win, and some truckloads you lose. And I mean, I'm like, you know, I lost on some. So I saw it as an opportunity to say, well, I got some stuff that I can really sacrifice and help our community out. Uh, I can't necessarily give it for free, but I can get it to them at a price where they just wouldn't believe. And that's what we did. We did about 25 grand in sales off of this little site. Um, and it was just all about telling the story about how they got hosed. And 
We're here to help you. Uh, bring us your receipt. We'll try to understand what you got. We'll show you what's comparable. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna do everything I can to get it, to get it in your home for a very, very fair price. Um, and in some cases we lost money. In some cases we broke even. Some cases we made money, but boy, it really helped people out. The, the, the happiest story of that was a mom had her kids sleeping on the floor and she gave money for two bunk beds so four kids could sleep up off the floor. Uh, so Fantastic. that one, we just pretty much gave stuff away. Um, cause I, I didn't feel right charging her again, you know, cause sleeping on the floor is not good and it's not good for children. Um, no, but you know, man, it really comes back to who you, you are personally and how your, your company operates and your core value of doing right by the community. And I, I, we've had a lot of private conversations off of here, but you care about people. You care about helping. That's why you do this podcast. That's why you were able to do that for that, that wonderful lady and her family, because you care about helping others find success in their life. And that's why I'm just honored to have been invited to be a part of this, even though I kind of messed up the tech side a little bit, but here we are, you know. Hey, we, we made it through. I, uh, you'd go back about at minute 50 or so and see me sing your praises, but man, it's, uh, it's been a joy to have you on the show. I really appreciate your time you took. Appreciate all you're doing. Uh, if you want to route, let's rattle off how to get a hold of you, um, your social handles, where to get your book, and then we'll uh, say goodbye. Absolutely, man. So, you know, Drewby Wilson, I'm on Facebook, Instagram. If you go to connectwithdrewby.com, and I know he's putting all this stuff here. So make sure you go to the YouTube channel and watch the video. That way you can see all the cool stuff. Um, but I know he'll, have, you know, Jeff will have the website. So if you go to connectwithdruby.com, it's got all my social media handles. It's got a place where you can connect with me if you want to like have a conversation or learn more about my story. Uh, Crushing the Day is the name of my book. You can find it on Amazon. And it's, you know, it's, it's a quick read. I think most people finish it within an hour, hour and a half. So it's basically just a story of what I've been through my journey where you know, five years or so ago when I really started pursuing personal development and finding success in myself and, and being more intentional. It's just a breakdown of all the little lessons I've learned on how to serve, how to be a better version, and how to really live the kind of life that you want to live instead of being stuck in the the box that people have put you in your whole life. Because I think that's really what it is, is, is the Everybody else sets these limits or expectations on us, and we have to find ways to burst out of that. And this book was really just my way of giving those different tactics that I've used to to get out of that box a little bit. So, and I've read it; it's a great book. You definitely ought to buy it. You should go get it. I appreciate that, man. And yeah. and more importantly, I think they need to subscribe and and listen to shows like this because this is what ultimately helped me get to where I'm at. I found people that were having success. I listened to a lot of different mentors and people that I thought, hey, here's a guy who's living a life that I want to be a, a, you know, live similarly. I want to kind of treat as an example. Not everybody lives great lives. Everybody has their shit, right? But what I love about it is you can learn little things from lots of people and be coachable and use that to mold your own big ticket life and really create success for yourself. And all you got to do is listen to guys like Jeff, people who have made that commitment to share the wisdom, because that's what helps all of us become more successful. Yeah, man. Appreciate those words. Appreciate you. Appreciate thanks. you, man. We'll yeah, see you soon. Thanks for being on the show and for carving out some time while you're away with the family. I do appreciate that very much. And uh, enjoy, the, enjoy the rest of your week. And uh, we'll see you next week 
on the Big Ten right. Life. Take care. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Big Ticket Life. You've heard from another amazing guest living their own big ticket life, and now it's time to live yours. First, I'd love for you to take me up on my free gift to you. Find your gift at gift.bigticketlife.live. That's gift.thebigticketlife.live. See, all your life you've been told what is and what is impossible by the loudest voices from the cheapest seats. It's time to finally do life and business on your terms. Sure, you've heard similar things, but without clarity on what can be done, it's easy to have your customers, employees, maybe even partners, and your spouse keep you from truly living a big ticket life. My big ticket methods shift you into that investor seat, in your business, away from commodity and away from competition, into a market of one, so you can finally live your own big ticket life. So my gift to you is for you to book your discovery call today where we'll uncover first the Chivo behaviors, those chief everything officer behaviors that hold you back and why moving into the investor seat in your own business is critical. Two, we'll uncover the premium position that's up for grabs right now in your market that you're missing out on. And three, which big ticket methodologies are just waiting to be dropped into your business to explode your sales and profits. So again, thanks for listening to this episode. I'd love for you to take action right now. Accept this gift. Book your call. Go to gift.thebigticketlife.live. Again, that's gift.thebigticketlife.live.